hello, hello, and welcome back to the Statline Podcast. I am Jordan, your host, and we are about to unpack the weekend that was in the NBA. Plenty to look at. As always, before that, though, I hope you're all doing well. If you have any questions on the episode today, please hit me up at statline.podcast at gmail.com, and I'll answer your questions on the show. That's right, on the show so hit me up with any questions you might have from the today's episode or anything involving the NBA. And I'll do it. I'll do it for you. Let is, let's get into today's episode. Straight into some rookie watch. Rookie watch. Rookie watch. Watch out for those rookies. Ah, thank goodness this isn't a singing channel or else it would. Plummet. Anyway, the rookies. Let's have a look at them. We haven't had a look at them over the last couple of episodes. So the big board of the rookies, one to five. We'll start with five, five to one. And I have coming in at number five, a newbie, Jalen Suggs. My dark horse for rookie of the year this year, Jalen Suggs, has started to pick up a little. He definitely started slow for the Landro Magic. He's getting opportunities. He's just struggled shooting the ball, really, which is the biggest thing he's going to bring to the NBA. He's currently averaging 11 points, four rebounds, three assists, one steal, couple threes. But yeah, just starting to slowly pick up and consistent enough for me to slot him in at number five. There are going to be some people missing out that you may question, but I have answers for those questions, so hit me up. Send me an email. Ask me why Jalen Green's not in the top five. I'll answer it. Franz Wagner, number four. Franz Wagner of the Orlando Magic. Teammates with Jalen Suggs. The one thing Orlando fans and Orlando people should be happy about is they have two good rookies. Jalen Suggs, maybe not quite giving you what you want, but Franz Wagner is definitely giving you what you want. Maybe even a little bit more than you expect. Giving you 13 points, four rebounds, two assists, and 1.5 steals. Very active on the defensive end. Really good to see. And coming in at number four. Coming in at number three and dropping. That's right, dropping. The Aussie, Josh Giddy. 10 points, 6 rebounds, 6 assists, 1.3 steals. Still gives you everything you want, but his scoring has slowed down. And this was my biggest question coming into the season, seeing him picked at number six. Can he consistently score? And it has struggled over the last three, four games. So we're just dropping down to number three. And this is where I pause. Before I give you my top two, I do believe, as of right now, and most likely over the next little bit and possibly the rest of the season, unless we see a big surge from Giddy or Cade or Jalen Suggs or Jalen Green maybe, Franz Wagner, I don't know. But from three to two, there is a large gap. The difference between the top two and the rest, for me, is quite night and day. And I think already the rookie of the year is a two-man horse race. Those two men, boys, should I say, because they're youngins. But anyway, the top two, number two, coming in at number two, Scotty Barnes. Scotty Barnes has continued scoring, getting some rebounds, getting some nice assists, which is always good to see from your power forward, small forward, rookie. 
And fairly active on the defensive end, quite effective on the defensive end. Scotty Barnes has showed quite a lot sitting at number two. Number one, and I think even maybe quite clearly number one, and another jump between one and two, is Evan Mobley of the Cavaliers. Cleveland Cavaliers. You guys have a delicious rookie on your hands. Nurture him, look after him, protect him. Please. Anyway, he's getting you. Delicious points. Delicious shooting percentage. There's a lot of deliciouses going on here because it's just one big deliciousness. A lot of boards, blocks, steals. Oh, yummy, yummy, yummy. Evan Mobley, over the weekend as well, super notable game in a big win against the Celtics. Okay, the Boston Celtics. This Cleveland Cavaliers who are fighting for a playoff spot. I know it's early in the season, but I I think they're going to make the play-in. He had 19 points, 9 rebounds, and 3 big blocks in the 2-point win over the Celtics. Evan Mobley, number 1 for me. Standout. All right, moving on from the rookies. We will go straight into the plus, minus, plus, minus, plus, minus, plus, minus. The plus minus, where we look at the positives, the teams, the players, the things that are going wrong around the league that are doing well, and then those in the minus that aren't doing so well. Players, individuals, teams, whatever it is, we have a look over the weekend. We have a massive shout out to Alex Caruso coming off the bench for the Bulls. He is averaging 2.5 steals, which is amazing, and just an absolute spark for this Bulls bench and Bulls team that no one saw coming. I was shocked with how much the Bulls paid Alex Caruso, and even in uh, the Bulls starter season episode, I said, Alex Caruso, are you really going to pay him that much money? But he is their life off the bench. Super good on the defensive end, getting steals, but scoring and assisting at a pretty high rate for Alex Caruso. And on this team, this Bulls team that is very, very good. Moving on, the Hornets get two big wins over the weekend. They get a win against the Knicks, New York Knicks, in New York. Gordon Haywood had 22, 5, and 7 assists. Good to see him have a good game. And then today... The big win against the Warriors, giving the Warriors only their second loss. The mellow ball had 19 points in the first half, and the Hornets moved to 8-7 and seven with two good wins. And my biggest note for the two wins over the weekend as well is the consistency in the defense. Holding both teams, the holding the Warriors to 104 and the Knicks to 96, Really solid defense from across the board. They're lengthy, they're energetic, and they are putting it together. Putting it together because it has been hit and miss, and we're riding the highs of the lows of the Hornets, but it would be nice to see this continue, this defensive trend continue. The Nuggets get two wins over the weekend as well. Two big wins, one against the Hawks, one against the Blazers, and they just keep on rolling without... Murray, Jamal Murray's isn't isn't there, probably not there all season, but they are rolling. At home, they are 7-1 and, and really love that altitude. And the, 
A rumour coming out today that maybe they're interested, if they can make it work, with John Wall to replace that Jamal Murray presence this season especially, if they want to make a push. Don't know much more about that. Kind of like the idea of it. Let's move into the minus. Well, there was some losers over the weekend, and none bigger than the Milwaukee Bucks, the champions. The hangover is real, people. The hangover is real. They've got some real naggy injuries going on, people in and out, and they are losing games. They shouldn't lose. They lose to the Celtics by 10 points. They lose to the Hawks by 20 points. And Giannis can't do it all. People are playing him a little bit better, but he can't do it all, especially as the East gets stronger. And the other guys surrounding them, him isn't giving him what he needs. And they are really, really hurting from the championship hangover and these couple of little nagging injuries. The Rockets. The Rockets are struggling. It's a struggle out there in Houston. Houston, we have a problem. And the problem is I do think it's only going to get worse. No standout performances from Jalen Green as yet. Not giving you what I think every Rockets fan was hoping. And just this team, uh, it's, they're not fun to watch. They're not, yeah, it's going to... Going to be a long season in Houston. I would love to see them try to make a move for John Wall. Try and see if you can find a team or a couple of teams that are interested in him and get some young players and some depth for this team because they need it. And there's no point letting John Wall just sit there and waste away. He does have a big contract, massive contract. So that's I know that's going to be hard, but try and make something work. It may be your biggest win you have all season. I also have a concern about the Utah Jazz. I don't know if they're going to be up at that number one spot again here in the West. And I'm also going to say I don't know if they're going to be in the top three in the West again this year. Mitchell has struggled a little bit. He's just a bit hot and cold. And Gobert, my biggest thing is Gobert has struggled to impact the game on both floor, both ends of the floor. He doesn't score enough. He isn't threatening enough on the rolls around the rim. And defensively, obviously, he's a gun. But uh, just I am starting to worry for the Utah Jazz. That concludes the plus minus. Let's move into a new segment here on the Statline Podcast. And that is the, the key. That's right, the key. The key. And this segment is to just highlight one thing that I think needs to be highlighted and spoke about. The key to someone's game, the way they're playing, is a team, something that's working, something that's not working, a coach, something. The key to something that is happening around the league. And for the first ever The Key segment on the plus minus, we are talking about Jalen Green. I'm not sold on Jalen Green and what I mean by that is I'm not sold on what we were sold. So heading into the draft, Jalen Green was explained to be this explosive player. Bring had all the tricks in his offensive game and was going to be a scoring threat straight away and was going to build from there, right? Okay. I struggle on what we were sold. The number two pick, you've used the number two pick. You're hoping for that all this is true. 
Played in the G League last year and didn't actually average as much as I would have thought from a guy that everyone's saying he's got everything. Now, we he's shown some glimpses that he can score, okay? But it's not efficient. And I know you kind of expect that from a rookie and on a team where he can kind of do what he wants. But I, his efficiency is really bad. It's not like, that's why I mention it. It's not like, it's like, oh, it's bad, but it's okay. We can get away with that. It's just, it's not nice. On top of that, defensively, he's not showing me anything. His IQ, especially in the passing game, seems to be very lacking. And his overall desire to be there. And I'm, that's a harsh thing to say about a rookie. But, like, you, yeah, he's just being outplayed by the guys. Like, right now, Jason Tate, like the absolute no-name rookie from last year, is giving us more. Like, from a number two pick... We are, you know, 12 games, 13 games into this season for most teams. Uh, by now, I would have wanted to see at least a couple of good games. And for this Rocket team that desperately needs him to step up and show more, I just am asking and questioning if Jalen Green is what we were sold on. Was Jalen Green sold too high? Were we, were we tricked into it? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Moving on. Let's have a look at the shot clock. The shot clock is running. It's running, running, running. The shot clock is running. My quick thoughts from the weekend. Quick one. Steph Curry becomes the all-time leader for three points made in playoffs and regular season. Not yet the regular season, because that's the big one, becoming all-time leader for three points made in a, in the regular season. But regular season playoffs combined, he's now all-time leader over Ray Allen. Going to celebrate it when he becomes all-time leader, which will probably be in about 10 games' time. Fight Club. The NBA Fight Club. There has been tussles and pushing and shoving and fights break out over the last few weeks in the NBA. Is this partially the players expressing their frustration through this shoving and aggravation with the way the game is being called currently, because I have mentioned the refing and the new rules around that and how I feel like they need to bring it back a bit. They've, they've tried too hard to not call, you know, trying to draw your own foul, to the point where guys are getting hacked pretty bad, I feel. And I'm just wondering if this fight club mentality is kind of just the players letting go some frustration with this officiating. Maybe the Portland Trailblazers don't have it all sorted out. I know. I've said it. And maybe they need to move someone like CJ McCollum. It might have to happen. Duncan Robinson finally had a good game versus the Jazz this weekend. 22 points, 4 rebounds, 4 assists. Good to see. And he does need to use this as a pick-me-up game and keep going from here. He doesn't have to give you 20 points every game, but when he's only giving you about 10 points a game, and he just got pooed this offseason. You want more from a guy you just paid. Yeah, Duncan Robinson used this game for against the very good Jazz. And that is the shot clock. Let's move on to the last few segments of this episode. The Top Shot Movement. It is a movement. Get on board. If you don't know what Top Shot is, 
Google it. Jump on board. If you sign up to Topshop today, besides your two base packs that you're going to rip and get your delicious moments from your favorite players, you can also pick up a couple of archive packs right now. So if you join over the next little bit, for only $19 US, you can pick up a couple of archive packs. And these archive packs have moments from 2005 and 6 season and 2013 and 14 season. Players like Tracy McGrady, players like Tim Duncan, players like Carmelo Anthony at the Nuggets, players like LeBron at the Cavs, players like Kevin Garnett, players like Paul Pierce, players like Big Shot Bullops, Chauncey Bullops, players like rookie Rudy Gobert. Like, there's a lot of good moments. Damian Lillard's game winner against Houston Rockets in the playoffs. Bye-bye. He's first. There's a lot of nice moments there. And as a new collector, if you do jump on board, get those archive packs if you can. Some value there. Get it. Series 2 dropped over the weekend, and they sold out. There was 350,000 packs. People could buy five and rejoin the line to get more, possibly. It did take a bit longer, so I think people were a bit more hesitant and happy to get maybe two packs. Haven't done the exact sums on that one yet because it was hard to know how many people got how many packs because people could rejoin. And the floor and the marketplace went on fire, of course. Went crazy. Josh Giddy was a nice pickup if you got him. Uh, and the, the Mallow. 10,000, oh well, 9,999 LE. Moment was also a good little pickup. There was a lot happening, but since the dust has settled, I the floor is about $2 now, which means it has dropped about a dollar, give or take, because it was at three, three or two, but I'd say comfortably the floor now is two. Now, that doesn't mean there's a bunch of $2 moments there, but if you want to get rid of a moment, you probably can only with a $2 moment. And they're coming up more regular. So that $2 floor is starting to show. And what this tells me is we need some new users. There's more and more people joining. And I, if you are listening and you're not on it, this is not... I'm telling you, jump on it. Because it is awesome. It is a movement. Get on board. There's a lot of fun to be had. A lot of delicious moments to be picked up from your favorite players and moments in history in the NBA. But we need some more users. We need to see it pick up because a million new moments pretty much dropped over the weekend. And that's going to impact the floor and the marketplace. Moving on to the fantasy goggles. Get those fantasy goggles on, people. Everyone doing fantasy. Everyone not doing fantasy. I question you. But the fantasy goggles, we're having the Cavs edition, the Cleveland Cavaliers. We're going to go through the roster and say, how they're all going, whether to pick them up or not. And let's start with the surprise package. Ricky Rubio is set for a season, people. And he's already started to show that. His assists are going to be high. His steals are going to be there. And his scoring is going to be nice, especially since, well, Sexton's pretty much out for the season. Ricky Rubio, if he's somehow on your waiver-wise, pick him up if you're on a shallow league. If not, I would be ta- almost targeting him as a trade if you need assists and steals and a little bit of scoring, or even if you give up some scoring to pick him up, because I think he's only going to stay the same, if not get a little bit better, because he's going to keep getting minutes, and it's not, I don't think this is fake news, I don't think this is a one or two game situation, Ricky Rubio is going to have a good season. The Rookie of the Year, Michael, well, currently cool, is... Evan Mobley, and he gives you everything you could ever want on a rookie pick if you picked him up in your draft. 
He's going to give you a high shooting percentage. He's going to give you rebounds. He's going to give you points. He's going to give you blocks. He's going to give you steals. And I'm telling you right now, I would trade for him even if you have to pay high because he is only getting better. This season, he is not going to dive. This season, he is not going to take a crash and this is just a rookie month. No, 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 people. Don't get twisted. Evan Mobley is the real deal. And if you are needing a center or chasing some of those categories like rebounds, high shooting um, field goal percentage, go and get Evan Mobley. Maybe give up a guy that gives you 20 points, but his efficiency is low. Or that's all he gives you. Evan Mobley is the real deal. Jarrett Allen, started the season hot, is currently sitting at 14 points, 11 rebounds, 1 steal, 1 block, shooting 70% from the field. If you have him on your roster, I think it's a sell-high moment. Sell him now. Because I don't think that field goal percentage, it's definitely not going to stay at 70%. His rebounds are going to drop a tiny bit. And I just think right now he looks really nice. So if you have him, might be worth seeing if you can set him up for a nice trade. Darius Garland is playing some good basketball. 17 points, 7 assists, which surprised me, and 2.63 pointers. If you drafted him, you're happy with him. If you don't have him and you're tempted to go and get him, I want to say pause. Because I think this is kind of as good as it gets for Garland. As though it is still really nice. And if you drafted him, you're going to be happy. But if you go to trade for him because you think he's only going to get better from here or stay around here... I would be cautious. Sexton's out. I've mentioned that a couple of times. Colin Sexton, if you drafted him, it hurts to see him out. Now, we'll say he is young enough, and they're saying that he might be back by the end of the season. Go to your top two teams, top three teams, and see if you can trade him for anything. And why I say that is the teams that are on the top, they're feeling like they're good. They go, well, if I give up a guy that is consistent but only gives me 12 points and six of rebounds maybe... I, I you, you know that for me I'm 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 winning. I can give that up and maybe have Colin Sexton's 20 points a game at the end of the season for finals. Sell him on that and see if you can get something for Sexton because if not you're basically losing one of your better players for nothing. Which might end up happening, but I reckon you could pick up a trade with those top couple of teams. Laurie Markkinen hasn't done enough and maybe a trade target because of that. If you need some threes from your power forward, Laurie Markkinen might be worth looking at. If you have him currently, you're probably a bit disappointed. And the last person from the Cleveland Cavaliers roster that I think is worth a mention is Chetty Osman. He is definitely going to be on your waivers. And in a deep league, he's going to give you a couple of threes and about 10 points a game. And the odd couple of steals, Chetty Osman is not a bad waiver wire goal. Because he gives you a couple little goodies. And I think for 10 points a game, especially because Sexton's out now and Markinen's in and out, could be worth picking up. Everyone else, laugh at them, move on. Let's have a look at some predictions. My season predictions or stat line predictions for the week that has just gone was that the Hawks have two games. I said they're going to get two big wins and that Trey Young is going to have two 30-point games and Colin Sexton, uh, John Collins has to step up. Well, the Hawks went one of two. They got a good win against the Bucks and lost to the Nuggets. Trey Young did have two 30-point games and today's one against the Bucks was massive, like 38-9-9. Nine nine. Massive. 
So I did call that he'd have a couple of big games, which is good to see from Trey Young. John Collins wasn't was okay. And I was kind of halfway there with the prediction. But Hawks, yeah, good to see a good win against the Bucks. Hopefully you can use that to continue forward with some more positivity. And game of the weekend I called was the Warriors v. the Bulls, the top two teams on Saturday here in Australia, Friday for those of you in the US. And let's just be honest, Curry took hold of this game and said, no, we're the top team. And they get the win by 40 Massive showing from the Warriors, and they... Oof, watch out. Let's have a look at my predictions for the stats for the week and past. Who got the stat line of the weekend? This one may surprise you, but has to be said. It is Patty Mills from Australian of the Brooklyn Nets today. Scored in a win against OKC. So yes, it wasn't a big win against a big opposition, but he had 29 points off the bench. 29 points off the bench with 9 of 12 three-pointers. He is shooting the ball so well. Olympic Paddy Mills is a real deal. He's just, he looks confident in the Nets jersey. They need him, and he delivers. 29 points, 9 of 12 three-pointers. Stat line of the weekend goes to Paddy Mills. Let's have a look at my prediction, stat line prediction of the week coming up. Mine is of one game. The Pistons play the Pacers in a couple of days' time. Pistons versus the Pacers. Bottom, two bottom teams in the East, so often easy to look past. But hey, let's point them out. My prediction is the Pistons get a win, which is big for the Pistons. And Kay Cunningham has 30 points as a rookie. His first 30-point game in the W in the WNBA in the whoa, in the NBA. Cade Cunningham, 30 points in the in his first big game of the season, winning against the Pacers. Let's see what happens. Game of the week. There's two. There has to be two because it's a. There's plenty of games this week, and there's some really nice matchups. The first one Wednesday here in Australia, Tuesday there in the US. For those of you listening, it is the Warriors versus the Nets. You got KD back against the Warriors. These two teams, high offensive teams, got a got a shout out. It's going to be a good game, and also the Lakers and the Bucks. Bucks struggling. Lakers kind of starting to pick it up. Your top two teams that people like to talk about, Thursday in Australia, Wednesday there over there in the US, two great games. There's always good games in the NBA, so let's not be kidding, but those two are worth noting. As always, I hope you guys are doing well. I've enjoyed this episode. If you got anything out of it, hit me up, statline.podcast, statlinepodcast.podcast at gmail.com. If you have any questions or just want to say hello, hit me up. Besides that, I hope you all have a great week. Enjoy the games in the NBA. And never forget, the NBA is like your mama's cooking. Delicious, delicious, delicious. <laughs>